Welcome to the C3 Calgary podcast. We are so grateful you have come to join us. We would love to invite you to one of our in-person services. To find out times, locations, and more about our church, visit our website at myc3church.ca or find us on Instagram. Enjoy the message. And it's so good. It's so good to be home. It's a little different. It's like when you move into a new place, it feels a little different. You guys are all the cool kids who don't sit up the front of the class. I get that. But there's many more seats, and we're going to see those filled over the next, uh, next few weeks for sure. But I'm so happy you're here today. And today's, today's not about a, a new building. Today's about the church gathering. It's about brothers and sisters in Christ and guests who are invited to be a part of that gathering today, just like there's many local churches gathering all over the city, the province here, in different expressions, in different styles, in homes, in big churches, in small churches, in the upper room. I think that's a great name there, Pastor Britt, C3 Upper Room. Quick change all the signs over that we got printed. It's good to be back in East Village. It feels good again. Uh, But it's about us gathered together as the saints. And we didn't want to make it today about the building, although... This is something we should celebrate because it's an answer to prayer. It's a prophetic fulfillment. There's at least four prophetic things that have been fulfilled in this building that we realized as we were moving in, words of, that have been spoken over C3 Central or C3 East Village. Now that we're back in East Village, we're staying with C3 Central, don't you worry, that have been fulfilled in the moving in. There was a massive God circling around story that took place even with the owners of this building. And when we first um, planted the church uh, well, five years ago, but really coming up on six years of moving into the area. And I'm not going to talk about that today, although I'm so tempted to talk about it because I do have a word I want to preach on. But this is an answer to prayer. And about a month from now, maybe four to six weeks, we're going to actually have a vision Sunday where we talk about what is the vision of now we have a place. What's the vision? Where are we going? Where does God want us to go? Because the center, our, our four driving values will always be Christ-centered, biblically oriented, spirit-filled, and relationally driven. And that's what we're going to have hanging up on the wall. That's what we're going to be here. But God actually has a vision now that we have a place of how are we going to expand His kingdom uh, in Calgary. And I want us, the reason I'm not sharing it today on the first day is because it's, it's not just Britt and I's vision. It's not just the leadership team vision. But I'm believing even in your seats today, God's dropping stuff in your heart. And, and maybe you've thought, I'm just only ever going to um, come on a Sunday and I, I've done, I'm in a busy season of life. But maybe God's putting, starting a group in your heart. Maybe he's putting on your heart to come and help out and not just on a Sunday. Now we have this place 24-7. I want to see seven days a week the kingdom of God getting expanded in some way. Now, let's not limit and think that's a church service for every day. Please know, Lord. We gather together, but he has other things he wants to do. And maybe he's putting vision in you. And so I want us to sit in this place for a little bit before we share the vision because it takes the, all of us to be a part of that. Hey, this is your home. God will put a vision in you too. If you're a guest today, you're welcome to be here celebrating and worshiping, hearing the word together and praying together. But this is an answer to prayer. And this is the result of faith. This couldn't have happened without some very selfless, um, and sacrificial people who gave, like Britt said, financially, energy, and time-wise. And so let's not take it lightly. 
Last week, we dedicated a, a small group who were here at uh, this place in prayer, and we walked around and interceded over this place. We had communion um, over this place as well. But every week, every day, we want to dedicate and consecrate this place to the Lord. It is His. He's given it to us, but it's His, and He's going to use it for great things. I see this place being one that influences the city for positive, brings light every single day of the week and a launching pad for us to spread the light of Jesus far and wide. I see this place as uh, a place where lifelong friendships begin and are watered and are formed that can never be broken because of the community that we're going to develop in this place, that God's going to develop through us. I see us building a bridge to those who have given up on or never had hope in the church, that we can be a bridge to the community, to the isolated, to those who have been ostracized, those who have um, walked away, those who have never walked into a church. This place is going to be a bridge to bring people in to encounter Jesus, I see this as a multi-generational, multi-ethnic, multi-backgrounds, doing life together, brought together, united in Christ, and then going out and changing our worlds as we gather together and celebrate and pray and encourage, but then we go out and be the gospel to people in our city. I see youth coming into this place, that we're going to have to take busloads of youth from C3 Central out to the West to gather together for youth group on Wednesday nights and Friday nights. I see elderly people coming in and being able to father and mother us and us being able to care for those people in the community. And every age and stage in between, I see that as a community that's going to be here because of what Christ is doing. But I'm not talking about that today. I want to talk on prayer today. So again, thank you for being here. If it's your first time here in your uh, seat pocket in front of you, um, you'll be able to find like a, a connection card. If you sign that up and put that in the box at the back there, there's also a giving envelope and a volunteer. But if you want to find out more and we'd love to give you a call, chat to you, or you simply want to sign up to our e-newsletter, our email that comes out, you can tick a box on that, put it in the back. If you haven't, if you've been like a long-term member and you haven't received any of that stuff, maybe it's because your information is um, not up to date. You could update your information on that. Uh, maybe it's because there was a glitch in the matrix and the system got rid of your email or whatever. But if you haven't been receiving things, text outs or anything, and you'd like to, you could also fill in that. But something that God's been really stirring in me and in so many of us in the last quarter of last year and um, at the beginning of this year, I know is prayer. And it's not uh, coincidental that we're um, doing the practicing the way prayer group starting up. And this the start of this year, we had prayer and fasting as a community. And in the five or six years we've been doing that, I, I've never seen so many people fasting and praying. And even though we weren't even really promoting it because we weren't even gathering to be able to call the church, so many people were gathering together and praying. And on that week of prayer and fasting at the West location, in past years, we've only ever had five or 10 people come out every evening. There was over 40 people every night gathering and praying together. And some of that was you guys here as well. God is stirring up prayer in our day and age and in us and in many churches around the place. And maybe you can resonate with that. So I want to speak the next couple of weeks on prayer. I also believe he's wanting us to step into greater levels of worship, not just singing songs, but worship him. And he's going to stir that in this place. And so for the last couple of weeks of the month, I'm going to um, share a little bit on worship as well. But today I want to speak about prayer. So I have two scriptures I'm going to share, and this is I'm sharing them up front, and we're going to unpack them over the next couple of weeks. So for those who have their Bibles, um, Philippians 4, Matthew 6, for those who are taking notes, of course, it's on this 
like gigantic oversized screen for this room right here. That's another thing. Expect some changes around the place. We're still figuring it out. We're still doing some things, but it's going to look a little different. You'll still see some um, elements of the, the last business that was here left over. As you walk out the stairs today, you'll see a, a logo of their business and a little phrase, and there's still things working out. We're going to change this room around and make it what's going to work for us, but we just wanted to get in here and be together and, uh, and, and do that. So Philippians 4 is the Apostle Paul speaking. Now, prayer is something, of course, we see throughout the entire Old Testament. Really, Adam and Eve are walking in the garden intimate with God in communication and, and in relationship. After Genesis 3, the fall happens, the separation between man and God. They can't walk quite the same way, but we see all throughout the Bible, all throughout the Old Testament, people who are talking and speaking with God. They have a communication line, but we also see this phrase said, and it says that even in Genesis 6, after those days, people began to cry out to the Lord. And we look into what that crying out to the Lord means, is that, is that they were praying, they were crying out to God. And it takes different, um, uh, looks differently through the Old Testament. There's times that the people gather together for fasting and prayer, but there's also a, a very intimate and, and personal prayer language in many of the people. But I wanted to focus in on the New Testament today, because we are New Testament Christians, and we're invited in to an intimate prayer with, with God. Philippians 4, the Apostle Paul is speaking to the believers there, and he says this, in, uh, and pick it up in verse 5, maybe halfway through. The Lord is near. That's important. We're going to come back to that. The Lord is near. So often we don't start our prayer from the Lord is near. We think that he's far, and then we pray to try and get him close. If that's all you get today, the Lord is near. So a result of the Lord being near to you today, no matter how far you feel separated, is do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, every situation by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your request to God and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Straight into Matthew 6, this is Jesus himself teaching on prayer he says this, and when you pray, interesting, Jesus doesn't say, and if you pray, Jesus doesn't say, if you get around to praying, would you please pray? Jesus' assumption is that his followers will be praying, will be praying. And guess what? He's speaking to the people that society didn't think had a connection with God. These weren't the religious people of the day. These were the everyday people, the, the UNIs, those who had been even separated or rejected by the religious people, those who had walked away. And this is what he says, when you pray. He's assuming we're going to be praying. You must not be like the hypocrites, for they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and on the street corners that they may be seen by others. But truly I say to you, they, they've received their reward. But when you pray, there it is again, when you pray, go into your room and shut the door and pray to your father who is in secret. And your father who sees in secret will reward you. And when you pray, there it is again, he's really emphasizing that when we be a people of prayer, do not heap up empty phrases as the Gentiles do, for they think that they'll be heard for their many words. But do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask Him. Pray then like this, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. 
These are our two verses or passages of Scripture for the next couple of weeks. This isn't going to be controversial. I don't think any of you guys are going to chase me out of here already when I get up and say, followers of Christ, we need to be a people of prayer. Nope. No one's throwing anything. What? What kind of place is this? I think we know that, right? That's not going to be controversial. Actually, even if you're not a Christian today or even in the world, it's pretty acceptable to pray. It's pretty acceptable to, to, to do that as long as you're not treading on anyone's toes or anything like It's not controversial. It's not a news flash to us. We all know that we're meant to be a people of prayer. But let's be honest in this place, me included. Who's ever felt like there's greater levels of prayer and we're just not hitting it? We're not getting there. Who's ever felt... Like there was a season of life where prayer was easy and then a season came along and now prayer is the hardest thing possible. Is, am I alone in thinking that? I think most of us have gone through that. Maybe we're in that today. Or you've felt that your prayers weren't answered. What's even the point of praying? I love Jesus. I believe the Word of God, but I just don't know about praying anymore because my answers didn't come. Has anyone ever felt that? I think we've all felt that way. We've all craved a deeper level of prayer and intimacy with God where it was so alive and so fresh and so life-giving that any of the excuses that we all can come up, I'm too busy, I'm too hurt, I'm too offended, God hasn't answered my prayers, all those would just pale into insignificance because of our experience and our prayer life with God. Has anybody ever craved that? I crave that every day. You're in good company. I believe we're all in that today that our prayer would be so irresistible. Prayer has to be one of the most mysterious aspects of following Christ, I believe. One of the most simple, one of the most important, but also one of the most mysterious. How it all works, how it all gets together. Early to mid last year for me was probably the hardest season in my life of prayer. Personal prayer, that secret place with God that Jesus talks about. I didn't have a hard time praying for you guys. My commitment as a pastor to the church is to pray for our church every single day. It's one of the greatest things I get to do. I love getting to do that. I didn't find that hard. I didn't have, find it hard praying for my kids every, every day and every night. I didn't find it hard praying for Brittany most of the time, depending if we had a fight that day or not, but I could pray easily for that. I didn't find it that hard uh, to pray for others, but to have that personal time with God, I went through a season where it was hard, man. I struggled. I was dry. It was difficult. To go into that personal place with God, I don't know whether it was disappointments in my life. I don't know whether it was just a season, and we all just go through a season of dryness sometimes. But, but I, sometimes, literally, all I could do was walk around the block and pray the Lord's Prayer with gritted teeth. It was tough. And I felt shame with that. I felt guilty with that. I thought, hey, I'm meant to be the pastor of the church. Why am I finding it so hard to, to pray? I'm just being real here today. Uh, it, it was a struggle of a season. It was a tough route. And I think that maybe some of us have been through that in the last couple of years as well. But this is what I know. In the last couple of three to six months, that was kind of early last year, and it's still a struggle at times. I'm not saying it comes easy, but Lord, the Lord has revolutionized and retaught me how to pray. I feel like a beginner again. But there's something in the beginning, the beginning phases of our faith, and there's a reason why the Lord says that we should remain childlike in our faith with Him. 
where there's excitement coming back to prayer. And it's stirring in me and stirring in our church to be a people who pray who are intimate with God in our secret place. I used to, when I first became a Christian, uh, I gave my life to the Lord, but that's not how it really works. He gives himself to us. That's just a funny little saying where we say we gave because that would mean that we did something. And of course we put our hand up, but he does the work in us. And Jesus, I met with him and I was living in Australia, Tasmania, um, living just near the beach. And I was a teenager and I had no responsibilities. So this is what my life looked like. Go to school, skate, and surf, oh, just going to dream time again. Um, and, uh, and then I, I met Jesus there in that time. And my prayer life looked like this often. Paddle out on my surfboard for hours, be sitting out beside the waves. Because really where I'm from, there wasn't that many good waves anyway. <laughs> but sit out there and just cry out to God and talk to God and hear Him and, and experience Him. And I could do that for hours and hours. And my prayer life was so fresh and so easy and so nice. And it was just like every time I went into prayer, it felt like I could get God. It was that newness, that freshness of, of not having Jesus and then having Jesus, not having the Holy Spirit and then having the Holy Spirit. And it's something about not taking it for granted when you first have that experience. Does anyone know what I mean? That you, you treasure those moments and you pour out for those moments. And I'd paddle out and pray for hours. And let's just say 21 years later, it's not quite as easy to paddle out and and pray anymore. Literally, obviously not as easy, but now things come along in life. Get married, jobs, kids, living downtown Calgary, pastoring a church. Prayer requires a different routine and a different setup and a different discipline now. And these are all good things. These are all great things. But can I also suggest that they also become an obstacle for our prayer life? When we start to think that prayer must look this way, or it used to look that way, or why can't I get it figured out like that person, that that Mr. Holy Rider gets up at three o'clock in the morning every morning and prays and always seems to hear from the Lord, why can't I experience that? We've got to drop all that. And I believe the word today and for the next week and what we'll kind of discuss is we just got to pray what we've got. I heard someone say recently in a podcast, pray what you got. What have you got in you at the moment? Drop all that stuff. Have you got, are you fearful at the moment? Well, pray fear. Don't think you have to go in and try to lie to God and trick God. He knows what's going on. What have you got? Have you got a drive to work? Have you got a changing the, the baby's diaper? Have you got a, well, pray what you got. Start there. That's next week's message anyway. <laughs> but now prayer requires a different routine. So I, I just want us to today maybe look in the next 15 minutes, what is the purpose of prayer? And then next week, we're going to look at the practice of prayer, okay? Because this is what I've found. Um, from, sometimes it's really hard to practice if you don't know the why. Like we all know we should pray, right? Like that's not, again, no one's left the church. Although someone did walk down the stairs. I just don't think it was that. I think they had a phone call. But why? I don't like doing things if I don't know the why. Is anyone else like, like, like that? Yeah. Like, like, okay, I get that I should do it, but why? I get that I should do these things and someone's telling me to do this, but until I get the why, I will only be doing it out of my own energy, my own strength, and, a bit, and it will only last so long. So today, why do we pray? The bi- biggest obstacle is not time, discipline, Practice, how it looks, strategy, hurt, 
the biggest obstacle to our prayer is our perspective. And I think God wants to just shift the why back around for some of us today, like he has been in me. And now my prayer, I'm, I'm more stirred up and fired about prayer. The two big words for our church this year is prayer and worship. Prayer and worship. We had some great prayer meetings where we gathered together in Fort Calgary between last year and, and this year. And, and thank you for those who came on out. And I understand it's hard to come out in zero degrees and pray in the snow. And so many people did. But I'm looking forward to a day when our, our prayer meetings are the same size as our Sunday gatherings, that prayer is the most important service in our church and that we all would come to it not as a burden, not out of obedience, but would actually just be so irresistible. I'm getting to gather with people today and pray. And I believe that's coming for us in the future when we gather to pray, but we need to know the why first. So why pray? Why is it important? Do we even realize how important it is? It's interesting getting used to a new place. It's fun. We can so get into the mode, even as Jesus-loving, passionate, godly people, that prayer becomes a tag on or we lose our prayer and it just becomes something we do in amongst everything else rather than the driving force for everything we do in our life. We can get so busy, and, and particularly that's something we have to kick back against in, in Calgary and in, in downtown, wherever you're from, in the busyness of life. The world will try to tell us that busyness wins. Be busier, work harder, do these things harder. But I love, we all fall into that. I, I fall into that, even in, in trying to grow the church and, and prep this place and everything we can mistake busyness from hearing from the Lord. We can, um, we can, ex- I thought that was my phone, so don't worry, there's no judgment. I just thought it was mine. I was like, did I forget to? Um, but we can, we do that. But the, this is what I think we need to shift around. What is the purpose? So I'm, I'm trying to get us to think as we're going here. What is the primary purpose God created us with the ability to pray? Is it to get answers? Is it to change circumstances? Is it to move mountains? Is it spiritual warfare? I think it's all those things. But these are things that we do in prayer. It's not necessarily the purpose of prayer. I think it's best summarized, the purpose of prayer biblically, is prayer is the portal to intimacy with God. Prayer is our portal to intimacy with God. The Word of God, you guys know I'm so passionate about it. I, I, I believe we need to lift up the level of the Word in all our lives constantly. The Scriptures is, is everything. Anything that lies outside of Scripture is no longer Christianity. The Scriptures I need to dictate and direct and guide us all. But we can read the Scriptures and learn about God and not know God intimately. It's in prayer is a portal to intimacy with God. The purpose of prayer is to not get stuff to get answers, it's actually to know God. It's to align with His presence. When we shift this perspective, things become a little bit different, right? Because when we're coming in and we're thinking that the purpose of prayer is just to get an answer and we don't get the answer, we're left disappointed. When we come in and think that it's, well, if I pray for this, it's exactly going to work out how I think it should. And believe me, I believe we should pray for miracles. We should pray for things. We have seen that time after time in our own life, in our church, in people. We believe for miracles. But what if the miracle doesn't work out how we thought it would? Oh, losing my voice. If the purpose was just to see a miracle happen. If, if, the, if the purpose was just spiritual warfare in prayer, well, what about the time where God's actually asking us to, to put aside the sword and rest in His presence? And we're not fighting that battle anymore. What happens to our identity? What happens to our prayers? 
the purpose of prayer is intimacy with God. Prayer is not about getting our prayer answered as much as it is about building our faith and our relationship with God. Does God answer prayer? 100% of the time. Sometimes it's just not how we want it to be answered. Sometimes it's no. Sometimes it's not yet. Sometimes it's yes, absolutely. Sometimes it's yes, but it's going to take time. God answers prayer 100% of the time. If we've ever been disappointed and thought that He wasn't answering our prayer, I think that's more on us than it is on Him. Maybe He's just not answering it how we wanted it to be. Maybe not even wanted is the right word. Maybe it's how we thought it would play out. Been reading a great book and listening to a great podcast, um, uh, Praying Like Monks and Living Like Fools by Tyler Stutton. Phoenix has also been doing that. We're actually going to go to Vancouver and, and see him in a week at a, a seminar conference thing. It's going to be cool. But in this, uh, he does a podcast series and he's interviewing different people about prayer. It's a book I'd recommend, endorse, podcast as well, Praying like fools and praying like monks and living like fools is what the title is. But in that, there's a, he had a guest on and, um, and one of the guests gave this provocative thought that at first might sound a little like that's not right. But when you think about it, it's true. So did you know that Jesus had at least four prayers answered in a way that he didn't think it would be answered? It looked like he didn't get it right, that what he prayed didn't get fulfilled. What? I thought Jesus, just, all these prayers come to pass. Well, they did. But he was in flesh as well. And so he goes on to list those examples. One is when he prays for the blind guy. Uh, and, and at first he only sees blurry things like trees. You know, did Jesus think that was going to be the case? He, he was praying for healing. He goes on to pray again in the garden. Of course, we know where Jesus says, it, like, I'm praying that this won't be my cup to bear. That's my prayer. But it looked differently because he also surrendered to God's will. There's a couple hours. It's just a fascinating thought that we think sometimes if our prayers aren't answered with the way we think it is, we're doing something wrong. But we're actually in good company. Um, there's, he gives a much better explanation and teaching on that. Let's take the Apostle Paul, for example. We see him in his, in his letters. He, he says to, he's writing to his friends and he says, I'm praying that I'm going to get to be with you soon. And then basically immediately after that letter was written, he was arrested and taken to Rome and never got to be with his friends. The Apostle Paul prayed something that didn't come to pass. This makes sense when we realize that prayer isn't about getting the answer we want. It's about intimacy and aligning with God's will. I'm just trying to shift a couple of degrees in us today where we can all fall into the line of thinking, prayer doesn't work. My prayers aren't answered. The purpose of prayer doesn't matter to me anymore because I've been disappointed too many times. But it's because we get the purpose from. And it's a wrestle, it's intimacy with God. In understanding that prayer is greater than asking for things, as we should do, we'll look at that next week, give us today our daily bread in the Lord's Prayer. The very first scripture we started with, in all things, pray. So I'm all for praying for all things, but it can't be our driving purpose if we want to have a sustained prayer life. Jesus lived this out and laid this out as an example. I want to give us some scriptures that allude to Jesus' prayer rhythm. I want to pray for us at the end of today that, that we would be able to level up in our prayer and God would continue to, uh, I don't think even stir is the right word because I know that it's already stirred in some of us, but fan into flame that hunger and desire for intimate prayer this year. Um, 
and, and that placement that we get that from. But this, this a picture we get from the scriptures of Jesus's practices that sometimes challenges the ones that we've developed in our Western mindset. You know, before that, though, I, this week we were setting up some IKEA furniture. After service, guys, there's, there's donuts. There's going to be a great hangout lounge. I've got to be so careful not to jump into what I see this place being. But what I, what I see that area becoming, and you'll see the basic setup of it, is, is such the most welcoming lounge in Calgary where people can come and hang out and fellowship and have coffee and rest and restore. It's going to be awesome. Maybe we empower some local artists and get some artwork up on the things there. We open it up during the week, but after service, we have donuts and coffee in that room. We're going to hang out afterwards, but you'll see some Ikea furniture around the place. Gotta love Ikea furniture. They make it so simple sometimes. (laughs) This was the challenging thing as a father this week is that my four-year-old son, who's back in our kids' area at the moment, um, was doing the Ikea furniture and, and like crushing it better than I was figuring it out. I'm getting frustrated. And he's like, Dad, I've already finished the table. What are you doing, man? Like, but Ikea lays out step-by-step-by-step by step by step, um, instructions. And if you follow those instructions, you get the result. Wouldn't it be nice if prayer was that simple? Step one, step two, step three, ta-da, finished product. That would only work if the purpose was to get something other than intimacy with God. So sometimes, though, I think we get a picture of Jesus. I know I do, that, that he just prayed, he knew what to do, and he went and did it. But this is some scriptures about his life. Because it says Jesus only said and did what the Father was doing, and it wasn't an Ikea instruction thing. It was actually through wrestling and prayer and intimacy with God, that secret place that he talked about in the Lord's Prayer we see in his life, and his regular prayer happens. Matthew 14, verse 23, speaking of Jesus, after he'd sent the crowds away, he went up the mountain by himself to pray, and when it was evening, he was there alone. Mark 6, 46, after bidding them farewell, he left for the mountain to pray. Luke 6, verse 12, it was this time that he went off to the mountain to pray. He loves these mountain prayer times. He spent the whole night in prayer to God. Mark 1, verse 35, in the early morning, while it was still, t- still dark, Jesus got up, left the house, and went away to a secluded place and was praying there. Luke 5, 16, but Jesus himself would often slip away to the wilderness and pray. This is a handful of many more scriptures that give us insight to Jesus' prayer life. It wasn't just, I believe, it wasn't just, God, what's up? Yep, go do it today. If he's away praying for hours, if you've ever tried to pray for hours in your flesh, it's, it's hard. You run out of things to say. Does anyone, you run out of things to do. You kind of go, Lord, I'm going to have a prayer day today with you. And after you go, I've been praying. I've been praying so hard. I've been going. And then you're like, it must be a couple hours by now. You look at your watch. It's been 15 minutes of prayer. It's like, I've prayed. I've prayed for my family, my friends, my church, my job. Prayed for my first cousins, second cousins, 10th cousins. You pray for everything and you check. It's only been 20 minutes of prayer. The reality is Jesus would have went through times of silence in his prayer, contemplative reflection. He would have went through times of intercession, times of spiritual warfare, times of quietening the world around him. It says he left the crowds. He left the busyness of the crowds to go and be with his father. What do we know about it though? That it was regular, that he did it in a secret place or a quiet place. And from that place, Jesus went on and changed the world. 
out of a place of rest. Jesus shows us the purpose of prayer isn't just to get things, but it's actually to be able to stand at the end of the day. And we'll never get quite to the point Jesus got, but far out we can get further than we are. I know that I am, where I can say, I know that I've heard from the Father today. I know that I've quietened myself and aligned with His will. And in faith, I can walk out in that day knowing that His grace is sufficient for me, knowing that He's for me, knowing that He's with me. But that place only comes out of intimacy with Christ in our prayer life. So today, as I kind of conclude, that's my, my real point is for us to reflect, to think and allow the Lord to speak on us of how is our prayer life and what is the purpose of our prayer life. Because this year, I believe God wants to take us into the deepest levels of intimacy that we've ever been. Whether you feel far away from Him, whether you feel close to Him, whether maybe you have a great prayer life already, or maybe you haven't prayed for months, for years or ever before, the Lord wants to become intimate with each one of us, His children. And we access that through prayer. It's fundamental, it's foundational, it's core. Hey, if you're kind of going, great, then how do I do it? Why don't you come along to practice in the way? Wednesday night, or if you can't come on Wednesday night, um, sign up and we'll find a different group. There's gonna be groups happening. It's four weeks back to back, Wednesday night, seven o'clock here. You can come out or you can find a group that's maybe meeting um, at a different time, different place in the city, or at the very least, we can get you some materials. That's more about the practice of prayer. We're gonna talk about that next week. But today, I believe God just wants to get us remembering the purpose of prayer again. Let's look at Philippians 4 again here in closing. Yeah, you can, you can keep taking that step of faith there, Phoenix. <laughs> so you're jumping to get going. Um, Because this is the one really big takeaway for the practice of prayer this week. And I already alluded to it. In Philippians 4, we're going to read that verse again. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything. But in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Now, one way this can be read, and rightfully so, depending on your eschatology, eschatology is the study of the end times and the return of Jesus and the coming back. Often it's the book of Revelations, but there's also prophetic moments. It's, it's really what's going to happen at the end of this age, this end of this time. And we can read into the scripture sometimes, rightfully so, that by saying that the Lord is near, that the apostle Paul is saying, hey, the Lord's about to return. Valid. But let's zoom out for, for, for a little moment and try to take maybe our previous dispositions around and our understanding of eschatology now in hindsight of the fullness of Scripture. Uh, you'll remember at this time, the Apostle Paul was writing, he had an understanding that Jesus would come back, but he didn't ever read Revelations. He hadn't had that access to that. I think it can be quite fair to say that the Apostle Paul is also alluding to the fact that the Lord is near. He's not far. The Lord is near. Hey, I know there's anxieties, I know there's struggles, I know there's things going on, but the Lord is near. So out of that place of the Lord being near, go on to pray. Go on to cast your anxieties away. But understand that Jesus has done everything, everything on the cross that separated God from being near to us. If we step into that, repent and accept that, we can now go into our prayer times, no matter how we're feeling, and know that the Lord is near. So next time you pray, maybe for you, this has stirred something up in you where you're gonna start to pray again. Maybe you're already doing that. Try not to, as I'm guilty of doing, going in and feeling like this, man, I've been far away from God this week and He's far away and, and, and it's separate. So if I pray, then the Lord will become close to me again. 
How about we go into our prayer time, believing the Scripture that says, before we pray, before we go, the Lord is already near. The Lord is already with you. I'm not talking about a feeling. I'm talking about a faith declaration and belief that aligns with the Word of God, that the Lord is with you and He's right near you. And so then when we pray, that shifts how we pray a little bit, right? Oh God, would you come close? You're so far away from me and I've walked so far away from you and, and, and this and we cry out and we spend our entire prayer time trying to get God close to us. And He's saying, dude, I'm near. Son, I'm near. Daughter, I'm here. Don't spend your time crying out for me to be close. I am close. Let's deal with some of the stuff that's making us less intimate together. Let's deal with some of that stuff that's happened in your life where you've closed a wall off to me. Or let the Lord's saying to that uh, revelation, that understanding that, that anything that we have, our dirt, our mess, our victories, our defeats, the Lord is near. The Lord is with them. Let's deal with some of that stuff and not worry about it, whether God is close or not. The Lord is near. As we pray this week, the Lord is near. As you walk out your, your days and you feel like you haven't had a chance to because the Lord is near. He's with you. He's just ready. He's waiting. And if you haven't been able to pray, you haven't felt like your prayer, um, just start praying what you got. Just pray what you got. My two-year-old son is an absolute chatterbox at the moment. Um, a couple months ago, it was one word. Now it's starting to be two words. Now he's stringing three or four words together and they're ridiculously funny at times. As he tries, it's so cute to see, squeaky little voice. Like, Lord, please let him have that squeaky little voice forever. It's so cute. But that would kind of be weird if he's 20 years old. And... But this is what I've noticed as a father. When he started stringing that words together, when he started communicating, when he started talking, when he started to say a word, or say a couple words and mess those words up. As a father, I didn't get there and say to him, no, buddy, you're getting the words wrong. Not good enough. Not going to talk to you. I was delighted that he was trying to talk. I was delighted that he was communicating. I was loving, keep going, buddy. I love that you're trying to talk to me and you're saying words. You know, if you try to ask him um, to say the word truck, when a truck goes by, he's going to swear at you at the moment. He hasn't figured out his T's and F's. But I'm not upset with him. I love the fact that he's trying to communicate. This is the picture I get with us and God. We get so worried. Are we saying the right words? Are we doing the right things? I don't know how to pray. He just wants us to start. It'll develop. 50 years from now, you're going to be able to pray and be way more uh, smoothly and easier than you did. But it just needs to start somewhere. One word, two words, four words, 10 words. Next thing you know it, it'll be irresistible. And the intimacy with God will come to such greater levels. Amen? Amen. Let's just stand in this place. If that's you today and you want to level up in, in prayer, you want to continue to explore the intimacy with God, and you just want to redeclare before God today that, hey, Lord, maybe I've got the purpose wrong at times, and, and, uh, and I just want to be realigned that the actual goal, the ultimate goal of prayer is not to get anything, even though that's a part of it. It's actually just to be intimate with you. I'd love to pray over us today. If that's you, why don't you just put your hands up in front of you. Pray before God that you want to level up. I'm with you guys. As I said, last year was the hardest year of my prayer ever, the driest ever. But the Lord has brought that back around and I'm learning again. And I know as a church, He wants to teach us about these things. So Lord, we thank you, God, that you're not, you're not holding our lack of words, our hurts, our offenses, 
our shame in the area of our prayer life, our disappointments. You're not holding any of that against us. You don't have a checklist or a notebook that's holding our lack of prayer against us, but you just want us to be intimate with you and start to speak. So Lord, I thank you. You're stirring up prayer in us, Lord. Lord God, you're stirring up that desire to be intimate with you, Lord, to align with your will, Lord. God, I thank you for each person who's saying, hey, I'm gonna take a step and I'm gonna start praying and I'm gonna start to um, continue to build my prayer life, Lord. I pray you would teach us just like, Jesus, you teach us in the the Lord's Prayer. You would continue to teach us by your Spirit of how how to pray and what to pray. But Lord, I pray over all these things, we would just get that revelation that the Lord is near. Therefore, we can pray knowing you're closer. We don't have to beg to get you closer to us. You're already with us with open arms, ready to talk, Lord God. I thank you, God. We're going to see power in prayer. We're going to see miracles happen this year. We're going to see things happen, answers come, God. But this isn't the primary reason we want to pray. Our heart is to be intimate with you. And each person here, I pray you would continue to stir that in us. What does our prayer life look like? What does it look like in this season? And how can we be intimate with you? Lord, we thank you. You've given us the tool of prayer because you love us. And it's not a checklist, it's a relationship. It's communication with you, Lord God, that we can talk to you, God, but you also talk to us. God, we can bring our hurts and things to you, but Lord, you also wanna say to us what's going on and you wanna help us align with what you're doing. May our prayers not try to change you, God, but in our prayers, can you change us? In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. We love you, Lord. We love you, Lord. As we walk out this week, help us be a praying people. And as we pray, we know we will stay in your presence. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Thanks for listening. To hear more messages like this one, subscribe to our podcast and find us on YouTube. If this message resonated with you and you would like to give to our church, go to myc3church.ca. See you next week.